Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Whether it's relationships, work, or just with friends, there are plenty of things that I've done that I'll suddenly think about and feel ashamed of. But surely I'm not the only one who has this happen. So I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of people and asking them about what they're ashamed of and how they think that's influenced the person they are today. This episode's guest is political commentator and editor for online publication Junkie, Osman Farouk. But upon reflection, I've been like, no, that's a cooked thing, man. That's you shouldn't have done that. There was a lot of stuff I did that I was ashamed about, Sam. Probably been more candid about my feelings on my life than I have any other time. Man, this is too intense. This <laughs> is getting quite yeah, intense. Is, yeah. I didn't know where we were going to go. Honestly. <laughs> I didn't know where we were going to go. I need a drink. It's like 10.30, but I need a vodka, man. You're listening to Shame Feeder. Hi, I'm Sam Blacker, and welcome to Shame Feeder, the podcast where we take a look at people who have some successful careers, or maybe they're doing something interesting in their life, and ask them what the hell they're ashamed of. And really excited for my guest this episode, a guy I've known for a very long time. We haven't really had much chance to catch up over the past few years, but I've been following everything he's done from being involved in politics, in media. Um, My mum sends me text messages every now and then (laughs) just to say, Sam. Oz is on the drum Watch it (laughs) Whenever he's on the panel Very excited to have with me today Osman Faruqi G'day Sam It is really good to have this excuse to catch up We've been very good friends from from way way back And we haven't spent as much time together as we should have So what an excuse to hang out. Oh, podcasting is one of the best excuses. Totally. To with yeah. People. And your mum is a dead set legend. Good on her. <laughs> she spends most of her time at home just watching you. <laughs> on, on, on Good, as it should be. Sure. As it should be. Yeah, yeah. So kicking things off firstly for people who are hearing your voice and going, who the f*** is this? Um, who the f*** are you? They, they don't recognize this incredibly famous voice. Um, no. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a media guy, I guess. I work for a, a youth media company called Junkie Media. I'm the news and politics editor there but I guess I've had a pretty varied career I used to work in politics before getting involved in media I ran for parliament uh, including where we're sitting right now in my house was actually the electorate that um, I was running in before I moved here and funny story that this neighborhood uh, highest vote over 45% of people in my street voted for me that's cool (laughs) in your street yeah before I even lived here um uh, I do a few other things. Uh, you know, I, we were talking about community radio before. I host a show on FBI, which is Sydney's uh, best and coolest independent radio station. Yeah. Um, and just recently, I've um, become a, a founding exec member of a group called Media Diversity Australia, a new not-for-profit designed to make Australian media a little bit less white. Which would be good. Which would be good. Very wise. Yeah, we're trying to get you guys out of the way. Yeah, no, yeah, no, we yeah, can yeah. get in the way a fair <laughs> bit. That's why, like, whenever I try to do anything. Like, because I, I, my perspective of media has always been like, oh, I, I'm in media, and I'd like to do something to, yeah, yeah, you know, help with the diversity that isn't just me getting out of the way because then I lose a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and that's not like that was yeah. tongue. It's not what we're trying to say. There's, no, there's no, all sorts absolutely. of things. Absolutely, but yeah. like, I struggle with what else I can do. That's why I think I was working on a podcast like mm. a year ago, and I called you. 
and you're like maybe not quite that way like, <laughs> of course yeah that's so stupid yeah well i mean that's a step um beyond what most people do like you know finding your friends and and, and other colleagues in the industry that do come from diverse backgrounds and seeking out their opinions that's a good start and you're you're onto it so better than 99% of what else is going on. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, so yeah. let's focus a bit on Junkie hmm. for a bit. So how long have you been with Junkie now? Just about 12 months in my current position as a news and politics editor. And before that, I was freelancing uh, mainly for Junkie, but also for a few other places. Um, it's a really fun gig. Like I'm really lucky to be in the role that I am. Um, the, the way that the media kind of landscape has shaken itself out in the last few years, there's, you know, Junkie has been, was created four years ago and it, I think it's become, I don't want to sound arrogant because you know, I've only been there for a quarter of that time, but I think it has become a pretty staple part of the media diet of a lot of young people yeah. in Australia, particularly kind of progressive young people. So to be able to write news and political commentary and analysis and break some stories for that audience that is really interested in what's going on in Australia around the world is a, is a privilege. And it's cool. You know, we have more than one and a half million people that read our stuff every month. And the idea that I just get worked up or passionate about something <laughs> and then build like an argument for it. And people are like, that's really cool. I hadn't thought of that. That's yeah, it's a cool position to be in. Absolutely, and uh, I, I read a lot of the articles that I end up seeing posted online from you and from Junkie in general. Awesome, um, thanks for those clicks. Sam. No worries, <laughs> always willing to give you that extra click. Hey, it pays the bills. <laughs> Do I get some kind of payback for that? We'll talk about that okay. off, offline. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you enjoy like, you know, giving people another, an, an alternative way to think, but mm. what about the, the actual uh, organization that you work with and what do you love so much about it? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. Um, Cause I've worked in different kind of industries. I worked in politics for a bit. Mm. I worked in engineering, even never again, please. Um, but what I like about, uh, I guess the digital media industry and, and junkie in particular is um don't take ourselves too seriously like it's a professional company with you know it's growing and it's you know it, we're hiring new people all the time so we're a, we're a real company um but we we pride ourselves on an ethos that is about i guess representing like acting the way that we want we, we project our values right so we the, the the work environment is one of the best i've worked in everyone is um kind of my age or you know they're about a lot of young mm. people and it just creates for an environment that's really fun and, and, and you bounce ideas of people and sometimes we'll just stop working for a couple of hours to argue about keeping up with the Kardashians. And like, that's, that's a fun environment to be in if you're a young person interested in like cultural stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's the work. What would you say is the thing you're most happy about with your life at the moment? Um, am I not allowed to say work? I mean, you can. Is uh, it work? No, it probably isn't work. Like I, I think why I said that is because I do feel pretty lucky at work and have mm. a lot of fun there. But I think the stuff that I do outside of work that's kind of connected, um, which would be FBI, community radio, and this new media diversity initiative, I'm probably really happy about because for the first time, I've kind of found a balance, I think, between having a professional job that I really like, but also having the free time to engage in these other pursuits mm. that I find quite rewarding. And so community radio, like you've got experience with it, you understand how important it is. Mm. I love it because I'm, again, lucky to be in this position where I put stuff to air that all these other people have done. So I take credit for the hard work, which is a great position to be in. But also I get the opportunity to kind of train and help skill up a new generation yeah. of young media people. And that's yeah. a cool feeling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I find it really interesting. So I've I recorded a few of these now. And uh, you mentioned a word that has come up a few times previously. Kardashians? No. no, sorry. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freedom. Yeah, right. Um, the freedom to sort of be able to do the things you yeah. enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Is that sort of something that's pretty important to you? I think so. Like, I th And I think for a lot of people our age, man, like... Uh, 
work is tough and i know so many people that aren't lucky enough to be able to work in careers or jobs that they are really passionate about mm-hmm. or they're working absurd amounts of hours paying absurd amounts of rent and the ability to engage in stuff out of sight of work yeah. whether that's socially or you know organization it's not there mm. and so for me when i say freedom i guess that's what i'm talking about it's yeah. the luxury of having a job that's good and you know pays well enough that i can do and engage in these other pursuits yeah yeah and i guess in perspective on the other side then what don't you like most about your life at the moment is there anything uh, yeah no no like I, i'm absolutely not trying to do this kind of oh man life's so perfect i'm, no, 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 I'm, no, I'm not killing saying that you, yeah, you yeah. answered the, the question more i asked what you want what you loved most first yeah, so yeah. i'm curious yeah yeah it's good to kind of force me to think about it a little bit i think um the flip side of being a, the kind of person that likes to engage in these external pursuits is that they take up an enormous amount of time and even though i like them when i'm doing them i do get to some points where it's like oh the whole weekend went by and i haven't really done anything fun and that happens like more commonly than i would like Mm. so maybe i sometimes i think i've got the balance right but probably reflecting on it at the moment i think i might be over committing myself And, and one of the problems i have is not being able to turn down exciting opportunities and one or two exciting opportunities is cool but then when you say yes to like seven of them like what the hell are you going to do with your time are we allowed to swear by the way on yeah this? I, okay, I opened cool. with oh, f- oh, so- sure. <laughs> the f- am i going to do with my time yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah. okay so look that's and i say this before like in this podcast in 10 minutes you can't really cover off all that sure yeah about someone but that's, that's right, sort of, yeah. would you say that's sort of the brief overview of you yeah that's me that's actually a, a, a good a good way of summing up me i've probably been more candid about my feelings on my life than i have any other time okay cool. yeah <laughs> well next I'm getting emotional <laughs> next, let's get even more candid i want to sure. talk about what you're ashamed of yeah i've been waiting for this i know that this i, I know that this is the whole point of the podcast but i kind of i was hoping that we could just keep talking about the fun stuff <laughs> and we didn't need to get to this bit thought we're in a good rhythm man let's just keep talking about life and work no it's time to talk (laughs) keep up to date on the latest episodes by subscribing to Stitcher Apple Podcasts Pocket Casts and all other apps hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theatres May 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Oz, we've talked, like, you know, if the worst thing that's going on in your life is that you're too into doing too many things and you run mm. out of free time, it sounds like things are going pretty well. But mm. let's talk shame. Mm. What, if anything, mm. would you say you were either ashamed of or maybe were once ashamed of? Oh, and man. take your time with this. Right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I'd like to say that I'm the kind of person that doesn't get ashamed. I get ashamed. And I think... 
I think um, the things that, are, that I'm the most ashamed about are things that I did in a particular point in my life that maybe then I didn't think were like problematic or bad things to do. But upon reflection, I've been like, no, that's a cooked thing, man. That's f- you shouldn't have done that. Um, and I guess there's a particular period of my life where I was doing this stuff like daily. And that was when I was involved in student politics, University of New South Wales. Student politics is a, um, is a pursuit. Uh, it's kind of like Revenge of the Nerds, but it's not a good pursuit. Everyone involved in it is the kind of person who was picked on in high school. And then you get to university and you kind of find this space mm. that you can run shit. Right, mm. and you become the cool kid, and it's wild because a lot of revenge fantasies <laughs> you to get live to be out. In control, basically, exactly, exactly. It's like people have just created this alternate universe where young, uh, drunk student idiots wield power. I don't know how it's legal to exist; it shouldn't <laughs> happen. Anyway, that, that's a period of my life where there was there was a lot of stuff I did that I was ashamed about, Sam. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go into any detail? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, but 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 but, but, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, if I came here, like, okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. Time for me to go. Yeah. Look, I'm just trying to like. There's just, I guess, I guess at a, at a high level, just and maybe I'm saying this. I'm I'm prefacing my comments in this way to maybe add some context to the listeners, hmm. just so they don't think I'm as bad a person as I might come across in this situation, because it's a real like no holds barred environment. Mm. Like people. It's a ruthless environment. You do like, well, okay, let's talk about charm. I'll give you some specific stories in a bit, but like everything you do, a day-to-day level is kind of shameful. You pretend to be friends with people that you hate because you need to interact with them or you pretend to be friends with people that you don't really hate but you don't really like because you need them to vote for you or to support you. Mm. You lie about going to university events, whether they're reviews or classes or whatever, to get people to vote for you. You pretend to speak other languages to get people to vote for you what? Turkish students will come up to you and say oh Osman that's a Turkish name are you Turkish and you're like uh, I am if you'll vote for me wow <laughs> <laughs> so there's like you know that's and that's just like the daily like base level of which like everyone kind of operates at mm. um, and at the time you don't think about it because you're young the only thing that's important to you is like winning that election or becoming president of the student union or whatever and the ends totally justify the means mm. and it's only now when you look back on that period and you think that is bad because a it's not how humans should operate mm. and b the lessons that it teaches people who often end up working in quite important serious political roles are very, very, very bad yeah. lessons. I've had some run-ins with student politics, and I think most people who have been to uni probably have had yeah. some sort of... In, like, if you haven't been in it, yeah. you've seen from the outside, and you're like, what the f*** this is going is, on? This is terrible. Who are these yeah. insane, insane people? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, again, you can... Like, there were people I knew from student politics who I knew before they got involved in student politics, and then they got involved. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know what you're normally like. Yeah, yeah. Things have gotten a bit different. It does. No, it, it fixes switch. And there's there's stuff that like you know th- there was some low key examples. Even though your face, you looked horrified when I was telling them to you. <laughs> oh, no, no. All I was thinking was, this is amazing. I'm looking for like hooks. Yeah, I want the grab. I want the grab. Yeah, like the quotable. <laughs> yeah, Osman Faruqi pretended to be Turkish to get votes. Um, <laughs> that's not good. Hey, I probably can't run for parliament again. <laughs> I think. Look, after what I've seen you say about all the various parties, I don't know if you could anyway. <laughs> very, very true. Um, there was, I guess, I guess the one moment that lingers the most in my mind as a bit of a standout for this. So, 
do you know that it's kind of a boring process getting getting preparations for elections i'll try and condense it yeah. as make it as exciting as possible you're running for election the first step is to like get your nomination forms signed mm. you know that's that's the very boring bit of paperwork and there are different factions involved and you have to make deals about what faction you're going to work with and who you're going to do and who you're going to screw over and i was in a particularly I guess powerful position at this point because we were the faction that everyone everyone wanted to work with. Yeah. So, in that situation, the thing to do is to basically let everyone think that they're working with you, right? Where in reality, you can only end up working with one group. Yeah. But you take the process down the track as far as you can with everyone till it's like the close of nomination day. And then just before the close of nominations, you tell everyone else, oh, yeah, by the way, that paperwork that I said that I was going to do because we were going to do stuff. Like, we haven't done that because we're not going to do stuff. And then two things happen. I mean, one thing happens, they scream at you or they yeah. throw beer at you <laughs> or they punch you. Um, I, luckily, I never got hit, but like, you know, things like that did occur. Mm. That, that, that happens. And then either they are screwed and they can't contest the election, which is the outcome you want, yeah. basically. Because this is how student politics works. It's not a clean fight to win an election. Part of the battle is knocking out your opponents before the ballot box even opens. Wow. The other thing that can happen is that they do scramble to get the nomination forms in. They do contest the election and they contest it with such a furious bitterness because of what you've done. It leads to like the worst week of your life. Wow. And like, you know, that was a, a tactic that I uh, participated in. I knew that it was kind of cooked at the time, but I justified it to myself because everyone else is doing it. This is how you win elections. This is how I was trained to do it by other people. And it's how I trained other people to do it who came after me. And when I look back on it now, I think I kind of have a 50-50 take on it. 50% of me is like, that's really bad. You should never <laughs> do stuff like that. But the other 50% of me is like... Yeah, it was student politics, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everyone was Who fun. was really hurt? Everyone, you know, it was all a bit of a joke at the end of the day. Mm. But that might that might be an unf... That might just be me kind of wanting to defend yeah. my actions. Because yeah. also then, it, as you said, you then trained people to do it. Yeah. It's affecting those people that go in to potentially be in politics. The cycle is continuing, man. Like, yeah. I've got some good friends of mine whose younger siblings... Who was at university with them involved in student politics. And the younger siblings got involved in student politics. And I went and trained them and kind of taught them my stuff and um, would give them advice on things. And they went through the grinder and came out like very unwell in lots of regards in terms of their mental health and emotional well-being because it can do that too and i maybe i feel more ashamed about that to be honest like just felt so guilty that i'd encouraged and supported these people to go through this process that i knew would have that impact on them and then it did have that impact on them but i can't take i mean it's not entirely my responsibility Hmm. but it just is a sad thing to to see that inevitable conclusion occur yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. okay so this is heavy this is getting heavy it is getting heavy <laughs> yeah. i well you know it's the heavy part of the podcast <clears throat> um <laughs> okay so would you, you corrected yourself then would you say that the thing you're most ashamed of is getting other people involved in student politics <sighs> yeah to, the, the more i'm thinking about it and the more i'm talking about it i think I think it is i think maybe it's that and it's the 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 way that you lure them in because I mean, you want to stay optimistic, right? You want to think that there's a way to make people's lives better by getting involved in the process, yeah. whether it's, um, you know, campaigning for, for cheaper textbooks on campus or protecting staff from getting sacked or departments from getting closed, whether it's, you know, being that being a channel into environmental... Like, like there's noble pursuits that student mm. politics should be about. But by the time you're at the other end, you know that those noble pursuits 
don't really exist and if they do they're balanced out by all the shit that people have to deal with but you still feel responsible to keep the new generation going so you you grab first years wide-eyed bushy-tailed excited they finally moved from this you know the country to the big smoke they're at this big university 50,000 students this is amazing i can change the world and you're like you can change the world guys (laughs) you can change the world it's like um yeah, it's it's like the guy in in, in Oliver Twist, F- Fagan, is that his name? I think so. Yeah, that yeah, it's like Fagan. Like you're just lit, luring these people oh. who have you know. It's actually worse than Fagan because what Fagan does is he takes like street urchins who have nothing going for them, and he gives them a home. He gives yeah. them food. Sure, they rob, whatever. Yeah. But like that's cooked Industrial Revolution London. I'm like the reverse Fagan man. I took good people <laughs> and I made them bad. Wow. Yeah. Man, this is too intense. <laughs> this is getting quite this intense. Is, yeah. I didn't know where we were going to go. <laughs> Honestly. I didn't know where we were going to go. <laughs> I, I, when I was coming into this, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, Oz seems like a really confident guy. I don't know if he's going to have anything specific. I mean, we'll see what happens. But wow. Do you, so do you then spend much time thinking about that? I, I have up until pretty recently. And I think the further I've gotten away from, from my involvement in that period, mm. the less and less I think about it. But... Um, there's a, there's lots of like markers that remind me like so many of the people that I was involved in student politics with have gone on to um, work for, for senior politicians in some instances they've become elected representatives themselves and that's kind of horrifying for me to see because I know what they were like in terms of the way that they operated using these same kinds of tactics mm. um, the kind of the paucity of, of intellectual depth that a lot of them have wow. um, and now they're, they're you know they're representing people all around Australia different states and territories um, and that those things serve up as reminders and they make me think about how bad that whole situation mm. kind of is okay so yeah. I mean that's uh, triggers for the, the memory now but when yeah. do you reckon you first started feeling bad about the whole thing I think probably it was the generation like immediately when we're talking about generations in mm-hmm. politics we're talking about years basically yeah. so I was the president of the UNSW uh, student representative council for, for two years and uh the couple of years after that, I, I was involved in student media, so I was still kind of involved. But there was this kind of, I think it might have been two years after I'd stopped becoming the president when there was an entire new generation coming through the system. And I felt responsible for, you know, bringing them in. Mm. And they weren't people that I'd worked with before, so they hadn't seen the machinations of it. And so I think I felt... Um, I felt conflicted at that point about wanting to bring them in because I wanted to p- keep our like political legacy yeah. in the student union, but I also knew that this might be bad for them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess the other thing is when you're in there, hmm. you know, is there and you know everyone and you said everyone does it. Do you think or did you even feel when you maybe started feeling ashamed about it? Was there any pressure to not feel bad? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, and like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't born into this, you know, vacuum of like just knowing how to do stuff. Like, yeah. I was, I was mentored and taught and mm. trained by people who did this better, better, and by better, I mean worse um, <laughs> than, than, than myself. And like, you know, there's not really people that reflect on it. And that's, I think, is a disappointing thing because you're not given the chance to grapple with those moral dilemmas. If you, feel morally about something and you don't want to do it well then you lose and that's it it's mm. game over you're out of it no one cares about you anymore okay um and i think the culture around it, as we've been talking about is the most insidious aspect to I f- it 
I find that really fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've taken a look at uh, who you are now. Yeah. Taken a look at what you're ashamed of. Next, I want to see if maybe we can tie those together and see if they've maybe we can get some positivity out of the show. Sure. No. No. We definitely can. I've learned some lessons, Sam. Good. I learned some lessons. For extra content, check out the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Okay, so we've talked about uh, everything you got up to in student politics, how maybe you look back on that and don't feel super great about some of those things. I need need a drink. It's like (laughs) 10.30, but I need a vodka, man. (laughs) Uh, But where you're at now is pretty great. Like, you love the job you're at. You say, like, you've always uh, able to take on more things, even if you're running out Mm, of time to do mm. it. How did... Uh, how you felt about everything you did in student politics mm. lead you to where you are today. Yeah, I think the, the more I th- I'm thinking about it, there's actually a really direct correlation between what I got up to then and what I do now. Oh, yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I fell into that trap of that classic, what everyone hates about politics in this country, that, that person who spent their time at university engaged in student politics, went on to work for, for a political party, worked for different MPs, worked in parliament as a camera for a bit, ran for election... I did all I did like all that stuff without very little real world experience, and the wash up of it was that by the time I hit sort of like twenty five, mm. I'd been involved in politics for like seven or eight years, um, yeah, like eight years, and I'd, I'd campaigned and I'd fought the internal fights. I'd done the Machiavellian stuff where you leak stories about people that you don't like, and yeah, just all that sort of stuff. I graduated from student politics to real politics, and the. The takeaway from me was I was 25. 25 is not a point where anyone should be bitter and cynical and burnt out about what they're doing. <laughs> but I was incredibly bitter and cynical and burnt out about what I was doing because I noticed more and more that all those things that we were talking about about student politics had translated to real politics. Mm. And I'm not talking about my actions. I'm just talking about the way the rule book works and how yeah. everyone does stuff. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't feel like I got involved in politics because I cared about things like climate change and refugee policy and fighting for marriage equality and i cared about all of those things and i spent less time fighting for those things and more time doing these kinds of bullshit you know tactical plays yeah so i decided that i didn't want to be that kind of person anymore i'd done it for long enough um so i I quit i I, you know I, i got out of politics and started um writing became like a freelance writer and the more i've done that and the further away i've gotten from my political involvement the more I've seen that as the right call because I'm not having to make... I'm not having these moral dilemmas. Mm. I'm not thinking about, look, maybe the end does justify the means, but the means are still f***ed and they're going to impact me at a selfish level, like my emotional mental health quite negatively. And that did take its toll. And so now I look back and I'm really glad in some ways that I went through that then because it's made me realize what I enjoy doing, what I don't enjoy doing. Mm. Okay. Was there anything from that though, maybe from the that period of time that you're ashamed mm, of, mm. Uh, the stuff that you did, is there anything that you still use in day life? No, 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 not necessarily the negative oh, stuff. Oh, the negative but stuff, from the, yeah. Just the, that period of time in your life. Yeah, yeah, politics. yeah. Um, yeah, like I think the thing that I learnt the most is how to, like in student politics, you'd call it how to manipulate people, mm. but the skills are also transferable to just like managing people and working with people and interacting with people. So if you can... If you know how to how to um, open conversations, make people feel comfortable, make people uh, want to open up to you, you can use that for bad, which you do in student politics, or you can use that for good. Um, and I, I like to think that I use those kinds of skills that I've uh, that I've learned in a bad environment 
in a better way, like it, it kind of just in a day to day sense and work, but also in um, like one thing that I, I get invited to do quite often is speak to like young uh, media students yeah. at a university. And I feel really sorry for young media students because they feel really passionate about media, like they care about it. But they're going into an industry that does not have a lot of opportunities. And so a lot of them are quite desperate to hear as much as they can. And a lot of them are quite shy and anxious um, as well. And that's something that I've noticed in the industry, even though people think media personalities are always so extroverted. Mm. I think that's what we do for work. But like in our reality, it doesn't necessarily always translate, you know? Like... I, I, my on-air persona on my radio show is, you know, I'm loud, I'm shouting, yeah, yeah, I'm excited yeah. at home. I'm just watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah that's quiet, it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, we do stunts. Like, you know, we had Nitro Circus come to Nara and yeah. I had a motorbike do a backflip over me. Jesus. And... That was for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be doing that in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but so I think, I think because... Um, I've gone through like you know I was involved in student media and a lot of those kids are you know aware or around student politics so I can connect to them in a way and I can talk to them um, in a way that makes them feel really comfortable uh, and then I think that you know they open up so they might be pitching me stories that they might not have before I have a lot of kids email me for advice and things like that and I think I think yeah the the, the main thing that I learned that I've tried to to be used for good rather than for evil is is um, my ability to kind of build relationships pretty quickly mm. i think yeah okay now two more questions sure. firstly for those interested in getting involved in student politics yeah. what would you say i think about this a lot as well yeah. man. like i think about whether i would tell people yes or no i think i would tell people to not get involved in student politics in the sense of like joining a young version of a political party and joining a political faction and mm. running for student elections I would not encourage people I think to do that now but I would say to them that there are lots of other ways and more productive ways to fulfill if you've got ambitions to do activism like if you feel like you know you want your university to go renewable energy mm. or you want to fight for women's rights on campus or you want to make it a safer space for, for culturally diverse people there are better ways to do that than through that process. Like get involved in the Environment Collective, which will hold actions and have weekly meetings and you'll eat delicious vegan food and meet cool people and you will have more of an impact on your campus life and you'll learn more about how to achieve social change than you will getting involved in like formal student politics. Okay. And final question. Mm. Having looked at how, you know, all of that led to where you are now and how you have so many good things going on like you know you've you've got a a job you love uh, a lifestyle you seem to be enjoying would you do it if you had the time over again even though I just said that I wouldn't encourage people to do student politics I wouldn't change what I did because I felt like as I explained it's led me to where I am now and I think if I hadn't done it I might have either had a romanticized notion about it and wanted to do politics later on and then mm. gone through that process at a more annoying point in my life. Yeah. Because the good thing about being 18, 19 is like, you can do dumb shit and like you yeah. move on, right? You get a do-over. Exactly. <laughs> Doing dumb shit when you're like in your mid-30s. Nah, you kind of, uh. kind of that point yeah um yeah so i learned i learned those things and it's made me kind of the person that i am and it put me on this path I, like i learned enormous amount of stuff so i regretted some of the things that i did and on balance it was an, a pretty toxic environment but i learned so many valuable skills in terms of building relationships building consensus organizing you know articulating ideas arguing about politics that i just think are useful in life yeah um, so there's very little that I would change. That's cool. And would yeah. you say also that the, you know, how you feel about it all sort of affected 
how you became the person you are as well. Nat? Yeah, yeah, it, it it definitely made me want to um, be like to not be that person that the end justifies the means. Like I didn't want to get to a point like in my head. Okay, I'll get to this point, and what I do in between doesn't really matter. I've now taken stock a bit more and it's like, you just got to enjoy life, man. You got to, if you're not enjoying what you do every day, you don't, this is going to sound morbid and it's going to like for someone in their mid twenties, it might sound a bit weird, but you don't know what can happen in life, Mm -hmm. right? You never know whether it's something tragic or just losing your job or something crazy happening or whatever. So you just got to take every day as it comes and not worry about dealing with bullshit because you might get to a better point at the end. I think you've got to try and find a place where you're happy doing what you do every day. I don't think that was that morbid. Okay, and cool. And I'm glad cool, because as you said, that's morbid. I'm like, I was going to wrap it up here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end on something very morbid. No, yeah. that was like, I find that fascinating. And look, thank you so much for talking with me this morning. Uh, it's really, really fascinating insight into you, actually. Yeah, I went I went more candid than I was expecting. I think just because I've known you for so long. <laughs> like if it's with someone else, I probably would have had some more guards up. But, you know, you got, you got the full odds. Yeah. yeah. But thanks for inviting me on your podcast, Sam. No worries. Thanks for letting me sucker punch you with friends. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Thanks for listening to Shame Feeder. Keep up to date by subscribing or liking the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.